Welcome back, everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. And as always, I am your host, Austin, back with another episode this week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining, taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to this episode. Uh, this week, we're going to talk some kit, man. Um, one of my favorite topics, something that uh, I get a lot of questions about from a lot of different folks, uh, friends, family, whatever, anything from uh, firearms to uh, support gear, things like belts, things like holsters, uh, helmets, slings. You pretty much name it, man. I, I get a lot of questions uh, <clears throat> once people kind of figure out that this is what I'm into uh, and this is what I have a lot of knowledge on. Um, Everything ranging from, well, why do you need that? Why do you want that? What's the benefit to having that? Uh, it spurs a lot of discussion, um, which I, I try to be informative and, and helpful. And, you know, I think it's we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, and, and I try to do it every day, right? If I come into one of these situations where people have questions for me, I want it to be a positive interaction. You know, I want to answer their questions, and I want them to walk away, like, feeling like they, they learned a little bit something about me and about uh, this this community, this culture, uh, and, and why, you know, why we have what we have and why we, we train like we train and, um, <clears throat> not that, and to really explain to you, we're not necessarily afraid of anything. Uh, this isn't a, you know, a conspiracy theories, uh, you know, th- this isn't, this isn't a hobby for people that like tinfoil. It's, uh, it's just, we see the world a little bit differently, you know, and I think that that's a possibility for, you know, anyone just, they just haven't gotten that information that makes that light bulb come on yet. Um, so I try to be helpful. I try to answer those questions. I, I really enjoy the topic and you can geek out and we're going to talk about all that stuff. Uh, I'm super excited to get into it. Um, before though, before we do that, as always, I need to make sure that I say thank you to the folks that have supported this podcast and helped make this possible. You know, uh, first, slimfitholsters.com. Uh, they hooked us up with our discount code prepared 10. It's going to save you guys 10% off your order and it's going to give you free shipping, uh, which, you know, right now we're all paying for Christmas gifts. Uh, shipping is always that, that X factor where you're kind of, you know, you add it to your cart <clears throat> and you, uh, you're afraid to look, you know, uh, <clears throat> I just ordered a Sprinco, uh, spring for my AR pistol is 20 bucks, which isn't too bad. American company, they do good work. Um, but then the cost of shipping is 50% of the, the spring itself. So 30 bucks total, uh, $20 spring, $10 shipping. So free shipping never, ever hurts. But guys, if you were looking for a new holster, <clears throat> if you're looking to pick up a holster for a loved one, uh, for like for Christmas, you know, I, I just talked to a couple of friends last weekend. They just bought their first firearm and <clears throat> you know, uh, Hey, a holster is a good gift. Uh, especially if it's coming from a great company that does great work like slim fit holsters. Again, it's slimfitholsters.com. Our discount code prepared 10 saves you 10% off and free shipping. And they got whatever, whatever you need, right? If it's a new gun owner and maybe they want to carry outside the waistband, the Veritas is their new model. It's got belt loops on it. You can cant it. You can keep it vertical. You can do whatever you need to do. Or, hey, maybe it's somebody who's been carrying outside the waistband and they've decided, hey, I want to go in the waistband, but I haven't really figured out where to go because there's tons of companies out there. And there are there, there are tons of holster companies out there. But you can go with SlimFit, use our code, save a little bit of money. You can pick up the guard. If you want to carry 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, the guard's a great option. Uh, I was actually just working with uh, Trevor today um, on his, getting it uh, all, all set up. <clears throat> he had some questions on the wing. We adjusted his concealment wing a little bit, made it a little bit easier for him to get on and off at that 4 o'clock position, uh, as well as their mag carrier is great. You know, hey, maybe it's somebody who wants to carry appendix. The guard ultra is a great option. Slide that bad boy up to the... Uh, to the 12 o'clock, to the 12.30 position, whatever have you. Uh, or if you want an actual dedicated appendix rig, you can look at the Gladius. Keeps the holster and the magazine attached together. It's a great, great option. I, re- I carry that every day. I really, really enjoy it. Again, slimfitholsters.com. They're a great supporter of what we do here at The Prepared Mindset. Uh, and their code for us is PREPARED10. Saves you 10% off and free shipping. Go check them out before they get too backed up on orders for the holidays. And also, MyMedic.com. Guys, MyMedic is a huge supporter of what we do here at The Prepared Mindset uh, because medical is something that that everyone needs. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not a huge firearms person, and it's something that I try to get away from, honestly, because I'm, I'm a big gun guy. I want to talk about guns, but there's so much more to this 
than just firearms, right? Communications, navigation, uh, food storage, uh, personal health, well-being, uh, animal care. There, there's automotive care, things that we still haven't even gotten into yet, right? <clears throat> these are all really important. And all of these activities, hiking, uh, land navigation, boating, whatever the case may be, you know, <clears throat> you need to have a medical kit with you. We've all been driving up and down the road and we've seen those horrific car accidents and our first thought is, oh my God, I hope everyone's okay. Well, uh, if you have the proper medical supplies, you can you can be that X factor that helps turn the tide for, for somebody. Head over to MyMedic.com. They hooked us up with the code Mindset20. It's going to save you 20% off of your order. You can pick up one of their MyFact kits. <clears throat> you can pick up an EDC medic. You can pick up a range medic something you're just going to throw in your range bag and it's got the dedicated and necessary supplies to make sure that if something should happen at the gun range, you're taken care of. Personally, I carry the the MyFAC and I have, using their Billy Bands retention system, I carry an extra cat tourniquet uh, on the outside of my, my MyFAC and that rides on the back of my passenger seat in my car every day, everywhere I go. So if I come across a situation where I need it, I can just unclip that boy, grab it, it's got a Velcro backer and I'm good to go. Uh, they're great, great, well thought out packs, kits that have everything that you need and nothing extra. So you're getting the, that minimalist approach with the with enough coverage to make sure that you're not going to be left in a lurch when you're using one of these kits. The great thing, again, you go to their site, use our code Mindset20, you save 20% off. Every purchase through MyMedic, you can use your HSA account, which now that we're at the end of the year, everyone's got all that money stored up in the, the HSA. If you haven't quite used it yet, maybe you got that special outdoorsman in your life you're looking to pick up a gift for, you can head on over to our Facebook page in our offer section. You can use our link. Uh, it's the one that expires in January. We're having a little bit of link issues there. You can use the link, make a purchase, and whatever a small piece of whatever purchase you make comes back and helps support what we do here. Uh, it's a great, great company, MyMedic. Uh, they do tons of awesome work supporting the community, and we're super, super pumped to be partnering with them here at The Prepared Mindset. With that said, let's get into it, right? Let's talk some kit, man. You know, um, And I think this is the time of year when people really want to like start looking at this stuff because it's Christmas time. Uh, maybe you're gonna, maybe you're a younger uh, individual. You're getting some uh, gift cards, getting some some cash from grandma, maybe, or hey, maybe your your spouse, your significant other is looking for uh, something to get you. So, I know I do a lot of research this time of year just because uh, work tends to slow down. I say that ironically because this this past week was, you know, probably one of the most miserable weeks uh, that I've had in recent memory. But, you know. Um, I, I do a lot of research right now because I have the time and yeah, my wife asks me for Christmas. So it's, you know, Hey, what do I want? What do I need? Uh, where's the gaps in my kit that I, that I need to address? Um, you know, what do, what do I want? What are the things that I haven't yet bought myself? And, and for some of you guys, it's a hard question to answer, right? Because you go out and buy yourself whatever you need, whenever you need it. Um, and I'm much the same way on a lot of things. My wife has kind of instituted a, a rule that basically once we hit like mid-September, my buying privileges on um, <clears throat> anything over the cost of like 50 bucks are pretty much revoked. <laughs> and then as we get into like November, December, it's like anything under 25 bucks, unless it's like food is a, is a no-go just because uh, I got, you know, I got three brothers. I got my parents. I got my girlfriend or sorry, not my wife. Jesus, no girlfriend there. Um, you know, I got my wife. Uh, you know, I, I've I've got people buying gifts for me, so uh, I'm never gonna live that down. I'm just thinking about that now. I'm sweating bullets, man. Um, you know, people that are shopping for you. So you really, and that's that's the hard part is you want to buy yourself something that somebody else is trying to get you. But uh, I digress. Here nor there. Um, kit is uh, it's a large part of what we do, regardless of whether you're hunting. Uh, bow hunting, rifle hunting, uh, or, or tactical shooting, maybe everyday carry. There's a lot of different things. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what I carry every day. Um, I carry a Glock 43X. I carry it in a Gladius appendix rig from our sponsor, Slim Fit Holsters. And I have upgraded, and I consider this an upgrade, I have moved to the S15 magazines um, from the stock Glock magazines. Now, S15s are magazines made by a company called Shield Arms. Um, and I actually have a friend I was 
talking to about this uh, last week, who just who's buying a Glock 48, it's his first firearm. Uh, very excited about it. Uh, um, <clears throat> not that the, the factory 10 plus one capacity isn't good, but obviously 15 plus one is even better without some kind of crazy extension hanging off the bottom or anything ridiculous like that. So these are metal magazines manufactured by a third party that fit the specs for Glock uh, 43Xs and 48s that give you an extra five rounds of capacity because of the thinner wall of the magazine. These are great. I have not yet had any issues. I know I have some people with the first generation magazines had some feed issues and that's it's hard to get away from. If you run your magazines hard and they're dropping them in the dirt, they get dirty, they get gunked up, any magazine will have failures. I think that's important to understand. So when people look at aftermarket magazines and they say, I'll never carry one, I think you should probably take that with a grain of salt because almost everybody I know that carries concealed carries with the magazine extension, which to some effect makes that an aftermarket magazine because um, you're changing out the base plate. In a lot of cases, you're changing out the spring for the follower that provides the upward pressure that feeds those uh, those rounds right into the firing chamber. Um, so I carry yeah the 43X with the S15 magazines. Um, and then I swapped out the stock Glock sights, which I think everyone does. If you run a Glock, um, you pretty, yeah, you can, you'll agree with me. The first thing it's gotta go, um, is the factory sights. And a lot of people want to, you know, bitch about that and say, well, then are Glock's really that great if you just got to get them and then you start, you know, putzing with them and changing out parts. Well, yeah, I mean, internally they're great. Does that mean they can't be improved on? No. You know, I mean, hell, you go out and you lease a car, you buy a car, you you, you go add shit to that afterwards, too. You know, uh, phone holders uh, in your cup holder, you get air fresheners, you get all, I mean, all kinds of goofy, chachi shit that you, you add to your car. So it happens. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I swapped out some Ameriglow sights. Um, <clears throat> with a orange, with a tritium front sight and a blacked out rear. I like that because it helps me focus on the front sight and line up that shot. Um, and I did also swap out to a metal mag release. The reason being that the polymer mag release gets chewed up on those S15 metal magazines. So if you're opting to run the higher capacity mags from shield arms, you'll want to definitely look into, uh, a metal mag release either from them or maybe like hive technologies, H Y V E technologies. Um, I think Trevor runs one of those and has had good, uh, experiences with it. I also, um, I carry a handheld light. If you are new to, uh, compact guns, um, there's not a whole lot out there in terms of weapon mounted lights. We're now starting to see a couple offerings from Streamlight and Surefire that are, uh, I mean, they're pretty expensive for what they are, honestly, like 300 or 350 bucks for the Surefire option. And it's only like 350 lumens or something. It's not that great. Um, but that fit a couple of the guns that are in the compact realm now that come out with smaller than Picatinny spec rails. Um, the 43X and 48 MOS from Glock. There's the SIG P365 line, whether that's the 365X, the 365XL, um, the Springfield Hellcat, I believe, falls in that, in that category as well. Um, you can get smaller lights, but if you if you if you don't have one of those versions, maybe you're rocking the normal 43X, a 43, um, an M&P Shield, right? There's not a whole lot of options, and the ones that are there really aren't that great because they just clamp on to the front of your uh, trigger guard. So I think that that's pretty, that's pretty lame and unreliable. So I carry a Streamlight Polytac uh, handheld light. It's about 600, I think, lumens, 650 lumens, and I put a Theorem switchback on it. It's a finger ring that allows me to retain the light with a single finger, as well as I can flip that over my index finger and apply pressure with the pad of my thumb on my support hand and activate that white light while still forming a two-handed grip on my pistol. So that is, I think, if you're in a similar situation to myself where you're running a 48, 43X, 43, something, um, you need to have a white light. And you can't have a weapon-mounted light. That's the You have to have one of those finger rings. I, I just I love those. I think they're amazing. Um, and if you do have a firearm you can mount a light on, good. You should still carry a handheld. Um, if you're looking for something cheap, the Surefire Fury, I think it's a G2X or something. That's a good one. The Polytac from Streamlight, obviously. Um, I know Modlight has a couple offerings out now that is really, uh, that's big money though. That's like 300 bucks, 350 bucks for the Modlight. You do get the extra performance. The performance is very good. Um, I personally can't justify it just because I've had the Polytac for about five or six years now. 
I've had no issues with it. You know, um, I haven't had to change it out. I think I upgraded from the Theorem Gen 1 finger uh, ring, uh, the switchback is what it's called. Uh, I, I upgraded from the Gen 1 to the Gen 2. It was a little bit more aggressive on the pocket clip and a little bit more it like a texturing or not really stippling, but some like texturing on the thumb ramp that uh, that I that I appreciated a bit more. So past that, I have not seen a need to upgrade from the Polytech. The thing, I've dropped the thing, I've I've beat that thing up and, and it's great. No problems at all. And it cost me like 45 bucks. Um, so if you're looking, I mean, really bang for buck performance, I know there's other metal lights out there from Streamlight. Um, they're about double the price though. So, uh, and I haven't really used those and I don't know that they necessarily work very well with the theorem switchback. So my personal kit, that's what I've had experience with. And I, I, I wholeheartedly recommend it. I know my wife carries one in her purse. Um, my brother carries one. Uh, they're just, they're great lights. Streamlight does good work. So that's pretty much what I carry on the daily, obviously I carry an EDC medic, um, from mymedic.com. Um, haven't really had to use it. Thank God, you know, knock on wood. I don't have any, any, uh, situations that came up. So from an EDC standpoint, that's pretty much it. I will carry a pocket knife from time to time. Um, I have a bunch of different knives. I really enjoy quality pocket knives. Not as much as some people. I don't have any like $400, you know, guys, I got a couple 200, 250, $300 knives um, that I will carry from time to time or whatever. But I also got a couple beaters, you know. Um, if you're looking for something versatile, I, I like the Spyderco Tenacious, the Delica, the Endura, all great knives from Spyderco. Um, I think right now I have, let me see. Yep. I have my Spyderco Paramilitary 2 <clears throat> that I actually snapped the tip of the blade off trying to use it to pry. Um, <laughs> to uh, change some windshield wipers a couple of years back. And Sam actually brought over his whetstone and uh, helped me reprofile this thing to not a, not a perfect tip, but it's, it's pretty cool. And I kind of think it adds a little bit of character. Um, you can also check out the Benchmade Griptilian. I have one of those that I really enjoy. Um, there's a ton of knives out there. It really just depends what you're looking for. You know, companies like Cold Steel, Civivi, uh, Microtech. I got a friend that carries a Microtech and loves it. Um, but yeah, I, I, typically for me, it's a Spyderco. You know, I um, I don't want to carry my big money stuff out too often. So, um, or CRKT, um, Columbia River Knife and Tool. Uh, their Tuna, I really enjoy that one. I carry that quite often as well. But if we're getting into my, um, I guess, tactical gear, yeah, I can't really think of anything else to call it getting into tactical gear. Um, I have gone through several iterations of what my gear looks like. Um, and hopefully you guys can kind of benefit from my experience. And I'm going to kind of try and walk through some of, uh, the thought process. Um, cause I think everybody initially tries to, and not everybody, cause there are some of you out there that do it the right way. You save your money, you buy once, you cry once. Um, granted some of you guys though, when you do that, you, you just want to buy whatever your favorite Instagram person has. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not me, but, um, you know, people like Lucas from T-Rex arms and stuff and, and not that he doesn't make bad choices or doesn't make good choices. He, he makes good choices. His gear is, is quality and he runs a lot of different stuff. That doesn't mean you have to run everything that he does. Um, you know, it doesn't always work for me. He's a pretty skinny dude. I am not very skinny, you know, obviously. So, uh, you know, I started off, uh, I went out and got a, um, I think it was a blue force gear um, EDC belt with like a plastic clip that was fairly rigid. And I ran that as an inner belt on a Condor gen one battle belt, like one of them big old thick boys, you know? Um, and that was my introduction to battle belts. Um, I got the mid ride from Safari land and I got the seven TS series holster for my gen one M and P with a light. Um, I got some Condor mag pouches with the flaps. I got a, you know, a single, Actually, it was a double AR mag pouch with the retention bands on it. And then I got a tearaway mag uh, or uh, med kit on the back of it. And of course, black on black on black, um, you know, as is the way we all start out, I think. Um, And it was it it was cool. You know, I do kind of appreciate those bigger belts because the they kind of they grip a little bit better and they stay up a little bit better, Um, but ultimately not great. You know, it was really kind of clumsy and hard to adjust and it just looks pretty, it's, it's really outdated, you know, unless you're really going for that like retro clone vibe, it's not what you're looking for. Um, having the plastic clasp on the front of the belt was cool. Um, from a, 
saving standpoint. However, the the problem with those are is they can break really, really easily. Um, I really I wanted to step up and upgrade to a Cobra buckle. So um, after a while of doing some research and checking out, there's a lot of offerings on the market. Things with inner inner belts that have uh, you know hook and loop outward, and you you put your battle belts uh, it adheres over the top of it and stuff. Um, things like the Ronin Senshi belt, things like that. Um, I know there's now the Bison belt that's out there from uh, Feral Concepts. I know GBRS Group has one out that works the same way. Um, those are very popular, and those have been popular in the competition circuit for a while, but um, I opted to go for the T-Rex Arms Orion belt and get one of their inner belts that runs with it. Um, I really liked that it was thinner, but it still had rubber lining on the inside of it that helped it kind of adhere to my belt and my waistline, um, and it was still adjustable enough to work for my bigger frame. Uh, so I upgraded to that. Um, I got rid of all the Condor gear, so I upgraded to some uh, S-Tac Kaiwi mag pouches. Um, what's nice about those is they have uh, a molded piece of Kydex that kind of um, applies friction to your pistol mags and your rifle mags, just depending on which pouch you have, um, as opposed to like a flap that Velcros over the top of the magazine or like the stretchy retention bands that you see on a lot of mag pouches, which are still good, right? You still having positive retention if you're um, going to be spending a lot of time in austere environments uh you know trees and hills and there's lots of opportunities for you to fall and roll and like yard sale all of your shit then that's probably what you want you know um so that's what sam runs sam runs like some old school condor uh, mag pouches for his pistol stuff um because he has the benefit of that experience you know he he has fallen and lost a bunch of his shit and it's a pain in the ass you know, either to go back and find it, but then B, if you also find yourself in a situation where you need your ammo and you don't have it, you're pretty fucked. Um, and it's, it's situational, right? Um, I will probably never find myself in those kinds of situations. Um, so I run the S tacks, they have friction, uh, retention on them and they work good for me. Um, I run two pistol and a single rifle mag, um, which has kind of become like the standard Instagram loadout as ashamed to say that as I am. Um, it's pretty standard. Um, I did kind of transplant that, that same tearaway condor, uh, med kit and put that at the small back, like right on the, the back of my belt. Um, it was still good. You know, it still tears away. It carries a bunch of stuff. It's actually a very convenient med pouch. I definitely, um, if you can get the condor tearaway one, I, I think it, for the, the 20 bucks or 30 bucks that it costs, I think it's great. Um, you hold a lot of stuff, uh, and it's convenient. You can access it if you have it right, uh, at your six o'clock, you can access it with both hands. Um, I have, I have no complaints about it. I ended up just going for something a little bit smaller eventually. And I upgraded to the T-Rex arms med one. Um, I couldn't, uh, I, one thing I will say about the, the med one, I mean, it is slimmer, um, which is nice. You can't fit quite as much stuff in there. Um, so you really have to understand what you do and don't need in a, a first line trauma kit like that. Um, you know, a chest seal, some gauze, um, and then on that particular pouch on the bottom, there's two elastic bands where you can um, you can shove a cat tourniquet in there. So that's that's you know you kind of eliminate the need for that space, um, and it kind of falls in a linear configuration that way, which is how they save some depth. Um, so it is a little bit smaller. So like I said, you do need to know what you need, um, whether you need like you know nasal tubes and all kinds of extra shit, um, or if you just need the basics, you know, clotting agent and gauze then it's good. That's a great kit. Um, I will say, um, it is kind of tough because they're just not in stock very often. Um, that's just a sign of the times, you know? Um, but, but they're made well, just beware. Um, something I would advise is don't, don't try to buy kit off of Amazon. I did it early on, which is why I ended up with a bunch of Condor shit. Um, Condor and, um, Rothko, Rothko, that was it. Um, Condor and Rothko gear. Um, and if it's, that's all you can afford, I would uh, challenge you to maybe see what you actually need right now and what you can get away with uh, waiting, saving your money, uh, and buying a little bit more quality gear. Because um, on Amazon right now, you can find a lot of the T Rex stuff, kind of like the the Med One, you there, Ready Rig, Chest Rig, and stuff. You can find all that on Amazon, um, but it's they're Chinese knockoffs. Um, the quality is not there and it's, you know, it's intellectual theft. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. So don't, don't fall for the trap order direct from the, the manufacturer with this stuff. And, um, it'll take care of you. You know, I moved on from the first gen Orion to, I think they skipped the second gen out to the third, 
whatever their current model is. Um, the first gen's still fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I that the first one was Coyote Tan. I wanted Ranger Green. I had a little bit extra money, kind of burning a hole in my pocket, so I upgraded the inner belt. I transferred over the mag pouches. I transferred over the Safari Land mid ride setup and UBL and, and everything. I transferred over. The only thing that ended up eventually getting changed out was that Med One um, medical pouch, and everything else is basically the same. You know, so uh, I, I wasted some money. You know, the Condor uh, belt that I started with, the Condor pouches I started with, um, the original uh, Blue Force gear inner belt and stuff. That those, it's all wasted money. Um, not a ton of money, but I mean, probably about seventy or eighty bucks, maybe a hundred bucks total, when it's all said and done. Um, that I could have just saved and put into ammo or, you know, something else really. Um, but I, I run the T-Rex Arms Orion with their inner belt. Um, I also use their leg strap. Uh, you don't need to buy their leg strap. You can get away with just pulling a strap. If you have one of the old Condor drop leg holsters, um, what I started with was just one of the leg straps from one of those. I took it off and I put it on, you can put it between the, um, the mid ride plate and your safari line holster and it works just fine now you can get the the t-rex arms one you can get the one from musa store that kind of drops it like an inch and a half lower um there's a lot of options out there but um you know if you want to talk about repurposing the gear that you have to make it as effective as possible that's an easy one you know i think we all kind of start off with like those nylon drop leg holsters because like man this is so badass I, i love this thing it's so badass but it's it's really not it's a piece of crap. Don't, uh, don't friends. Don't let friends run nylon holsters, whether it's in, in the waistband, outside the waistband or on a drop leg. Just, just don't do it. Um, kind of continuing in that. And where it starts to get a little bit interesting for me, was, uh, plates and a plate carrier. You know, I, I started off, I bought a Condor plate carrier. Um, I don't remember what it was called. It just had clips on the side. So there was no cummerbund system to it. Um, you know, it kind of, it just unvelcroed on the bottom, obviously on the front and back where you could insert your plates. It had uh, molly all across the front and it was black. I think I spent 35 or 45 bucks on it. Um, and then I went and bought plates off of eBay. I bought AR, AR 500 steel um, plates that have like that spray on rhino liner shit um, for about a hundred bucks for the set. Cause that was the cheapest I could find them. It might've been 90 bucks. Um, and then again, I went and bought some Condor, like a triple AR mag pouch with the retention bands on top of it, um, slapped that on the front. And then I think I threw like an admin pouch on the back that I never actually like kept anything in. And that was like, I was like super proud of that for a while. Um, it's just, it wasn't very good. You know, um, it was hard to adjust because there was no cummerbund. It was just side straps that were elastic. So even when you tighten them all the way down, you couldn't really get it. Um, as snug as you wanted and the shoulder adjustments, like you adjusted the shoulders to the point where it got as small as it could. And it wasn't really the way that it needed to sit to get the plate to sit all the way up to cover your, um, your vitals on the front and everything. So like it it just, you know, going, going cheap on stuff like that, it's difficult because quality plate carriers and plates are expensive. Um, so kind of after, you know, putzing around for like four months or so with this condor rig, I decided in my, uh, brilliance that I would upgrade. Um, and I switched out to the Rothko clone of the cry JPC, um, which was pretty much, uh, equally terrible. You know, um, it was, I shouldn't say it was better cause it had a cummerbund, but then, um, the front flap was just a kangaroo pouch with magazine inserts. Um, and then I think the retention bands came loose on it and I really struggled to get those tied back again to where they were tight enough to be effective. Um, and if I wanted to add anything extra on the front, uh, like an admin pouch for like, you know, snacks <laughs> or, or land navigation tools or, or base, I mean, honestly, anything else you are starting to then drastically increase like how far out that kit sat on the front of you. Um, you know, so if you were to have to go to like the prone position or something, you, you had like a good six inches or eight in, almost eight inches of shit strapped to your chest. Um, you could mount stuff to the back. And again, I think I put that same stupid admin pouch back there. Like, yeah, I could definitely, have a, I definitely have a buddy behind me to like get to that shit, whatever it is. I think I put like some more med kit in there. And, um, that was again, 
kind kind of a good idea, kind of a dumb idea. Um, but now, because this had the front flap and the cummerbund, I got a dangler, which, uh, again, sad to say, I, I did purchase one of the cheapo ripoff danglers. It was like a copy of whatever the Spiritus dangler is called. I got one of those, and I threw that on there, and I filled that with med. Um, and that, you know, I mean, it's cool. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, it's just you can kind of you, you start wearing this stuff. And I think within a couple, like, months, right, of having this Rothko carrier, the stitching where the um, where the shoulder strap starts to meet the chest piece uh, started coming apart a little bit. Not like a ton, but a little bit, you know. And I just remember seeing that. I was really, like, concerned and kind of, like, disheartened and let down. Because um, I was like, yeah, man, this is just like the Cry JPC. It's like yeah, man, this is high speed shit. Like this is going to be good and I'm going to be ready and I can, you know, it's got the cummerbund so I can adjust this and everything. And it just never quite ended up being what I wanted it to be. Um, it used this, this, the shock cord, the interlacing shock cord system on the back. So if you wanted to tighten that cummerbund, which, which I did, I wanted to tighten it and adjust it. Um, I took one look at that like rat's nest back there and I just said, Nope, I'm not, I'm not fucking with that. I'm not dealing with it. I don't have the time or the patience uh, to like really learn and understand how to put that together. And I think, you know, not to say anything poorly about companies that that go that route. Excuse me. I think that um, it's just a poor design. You know, it's not very user friendly. I think that's why you see a lot of companies that run that uh, have produced the slick style um, plate carriers. Uh, They go with just the Velcro. You know, the Spiritus, uh, I'm sorry, the Ferro Concept Slickster is just Velcro on the back. The T-Rex Arms um, AC1 is just Velcro on the back with an additional flap over it to kind of hold everything together. It's simple to adjust. It's easy to, uh, if you want to swap out to a different cummerbund that has um, tubes instead of just Velcro, you can do that. If you want to swap out to something that's not elastic, you can do that. Um, You know, and and it's quick, right? So, um, Ultimately, I kind of realized that Rothko really wasn't for me, and uh, I wanted something better. At the time, uh, T-Rex Arms was really on a big kick with the Spiritus Slickster, Spiritus, Jesus Christ, the Ferro Concepts Slickster plate carrier. Um, All the guys there uh, at the time, I think that that meant uh, Lucas and Drew, (laughs) uh, they all ran Slicksters. Um, and I'd seen a video from like Grand Thumb talking about the Slickster and how solid this plate carrier was, and it was a little bit cheaper than the um, was it LV one one nine from Spiritus, so I was like, "Yeah, man, that that's me, man. Like, I I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna bite the bullet. And I'm gonna buy like a quality plate carrier." And I did. That's uh, that's what I use today still. Um, I got it from like skdtac.com because they had uh, black multicam, which I really like. So I I picked that up. Um, I then immediately proceeded to keep spending money and I ordered, um, one of the Spiritus Microflight chassis. Cause that was one of the things I, I saw that like those guys were all running that I really liked. And I was like, man, that's, that's so badass. You know, um, actually no, that's a lie. Before I bought that, I bought one of the triple shingles that just Velcroed into the plate carrier. Cause I couldn't afford the Microflight yet. I had just spent so much money, um, on all this, this other gear that I had just wasted, you know, like 70, 60, 70 bucks on the Rothko carrier, these extra pouches, the Condor carrier, just all this crap. Right. And I, you know, um, I probably could have, if I hadn't spent that money, I could have just done it right up front and been completely fine. Um, but I got one of the triple turnovers. They hold three magazines and you Velcro your cummerbund over it. Um, which was fine to start. It wasn't great because uh, the the tension or the I guess it's the tension from the cummerbund actually made it really really difficult to draw to pull magazines out and to re-index those magazines back in there, um, which I didn't really like. Um, it works, and I guess if you break that elastic in and really really work it, it gets a little bit easier. Um, but it wasn't something I was really interested in dealing with, so I saved up some you know some more money a couple of weeks later, and I bought the microflight rig from from Spiritus and that clips onto the front of the Slickster and Velcro's over where the cummerbund comes in and that holds 
Uh, it's got an elastic insert that you have to buy separate, of course, that you can insert your magazines into. It's got a front uh, pocket where you can put a flap over it. You can do a flap over half of the side, which is what I do. And then I got a double mag pouch in there, or double pistol mag pouch, I should say, where instead of carrying pistol mags, I have a... Um, a Gerber diesel uh, multi-tool, the one where you flick it and it's a pair of pliers that like the head of it slides out. So that's pretty compact and I shove that in there and then I have another Streamlight Polytac light that I carry in there for just handheld use, whatever. Um, and that's pretty much, uh, I mean, I did upgrade eventually last, uh, yeah, last year when that first stimulus check came in, I finally, I finally made the right decision and I got away from the steel plates. And I upgraded to some Ace Link armor, um, you know, and and it's super lightweight. It's crazy. They're like less than four pounds of plate. Um, I spent some real money on some plates, and and it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. The stuff will stop up to thirty out six. Um, very happy with that investment, and I wholeheartedly encourage everybody. Like, if you're looking to buy to get into armor, um, don't don't go cheap on your life saving device. You know, and in this case, that's your med. And this is your armor plates. Um, steel, uh, if you really look and do your, your, I mean, a lot of people will stand up and say steel's fine. Maybe it is. You know, a lot of guys use it in the military and they're like, oh, it's okay. But there's a reason why those guys get out of the military and none of them run steel anymore. Because there's lighter, better options. You don't, you don't believe me? I mean, I never served. Um, that's fine. Look at John Lovell warrior poet society talks all the time about composite plates and things like that and and how much and ceramic plates and how much nicer they are than steel and the benefits that those provide so i mean you can do it on a budget i think i paid 350 or 400 bucks for the set that i got which is really in the broad scheme of armor not that not that bad um you can go to TRX arms pretty regularly right now in a growing effort to do the right thing and provide good um supplies to, to civilians that need it they sell the uh the hesco l210s uh the special threat plates that they they, they don't meet nij testing standards but from penetration testing and, and hesco is a company that has a very good reputation in the industry um so this isn't some like fly operation where they just skirted the nij um nij being the national institute of justice that does the rating system for these armor plates and stuff like that your bulletproof vests that police wear and whatnot um, and they do produce a lot of NIJ rated plates. The L210 is what they call a special threat plate because it doesn't hold up to some of the testing criteria that the NIJ requires. However, they still stop green tip, which if you know what green tip is, that's the uh, steel core ammunition. Um, arm, light armor piercing is what's put on all the boxes, the lap, 62 grain lap, light armor piercing that you see. Um, it will stop green tip. So that's the benefits on these special threat plates. And again, it's about four and a half pounds of plate, um, five pounds of plate, which is half of what the steel plates caught, uh, weigh. You know, steel plates are about 10, 11 pounds a piece. And you might think, oh, that's not too bad. Well, when you're carrying 22 pounds of steel armor on top of 90 rounds-ish, maybe a little bit less, right, of uh, 5.56 on top of whatever else is on your kit, tourniquet, med, radio, perhaps you're carrying a water bladder on your back or something, it kind of fucking adds up pretty quickly. So if you can shed 15 pounds of that, you know, just by spending a couple hundred bucks, it's a pretty good upgrade. Also, the wound, the defamation or um, indentation on steel plates, it might stop the round, but it's still, it's probably going to crack your sternum, you, internal injuries and all that. It could still cause fatal wounds, not to mention spalling. Um, because there's nothing on that plate to catch those pieces of spall as they hit it. You know, it comes up through your chin and goes straight into your brain cavity, and then you're dead. So I know there's no guarantees in a lot of this, um, and I've never been in a gunfight, obviously. So it's not like I'm I'm, I'm not saying this, saying that I've seen somebody die from wearing steel. But there's an awful lot of research, uh, you know, that's been done around steel plates and you know um, composite plates, ceramic plates, things like that. So. Um, like I said, I, I'm really happy that I upgraded. Um, I think it was a fantastic use of, uh, of those funds that we were all given. Um, I will, the full disclosure, I will say it was responsible. I did give about half of it to my wife to pay off a bill. Um, and then I, I kind of actually more, probably more than half. And I just, I kept a little bit for myself as like, you know, quote unquote play money. Um, 
So I got I got new armor. Even she, when she picked it up, she's like, "Oh my god, this is this is so light." I go, "Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty badass, right?" Um, <clears throat> See, so yeah, I run the um, the Feral Concept Slickster. I got the Ace Link armor. Uh, I picked up some shoulder pads. I think they're the Spiritus pads, um, just because I liked them a little bit more than the ones that Pharaoh was offering. No big deal. Um, I did pick up a couple extra pouches that, like, they're like they call them wings or whatever that. Um, they Velcro to the same spot your cummerbund was or, or would. So I have a, an extra tourniquet that's right there in line with my cummerbund on one side. And then uh, the cummerbund with the Slickster actually has um, magazine cells built into it. So does the AC one, by the way, um, from TRX Arms. Um, and I use that to carry my Beofeng radio. I run it on my back with, or towards my back, with a trucker mic run up. Uh, and I use the the shoulder pad to capture the cord. Um, and I clip the, the trucker mic up to my left, uh, breast area basically. So I can, um, with either hand reach over and, um, use my, use the push to talk feature on that trucker mic, um, which then ties into, and this is kind of like the next evolution of things is, um, it ties into my hearing protection. There's a lot of options out there for, for ear pro, um, I started off with like basic shit. I think it was like a $5 pair of like the big old, um, you know, the big old thick boy, uh, earmuffs from like Harbor Freight. Um, just cause I was, when I bought my first gun, I had just moved out of my parents' house. I'd spent all my money on furniture and like essential like toiletries and mustard and ketchup and seasonings and Oreos and Mountain Dew, you know, the essentials. So, um, you know, I bought the cheap ear pro, um, and then I upgraded to a little bit nicer, uh, ear pro that were still just non-electronic. But then, uh, finally I got up to, um, the walkers razors, which are electronic. Um, when I say electronic, there's a little knob you can flip on, um, and you turn it up to amplify volume. And basically there's a speaker that lets you hear noise around you. So you can have a, a conversation with somebody while still wearing ear protection. Um, but then it shuts off if the decibels get above a certain you know range that could be damaging to your hearing uh and these i think are really the norm of the industry now i know um howard light makes some walkers make some uh msa swordens are like the nice you know um cool guy special ops uh, stuff that's out there um you really should be running electronic ear pro you just got to make sure you shut them off and then you know change out the batteries accordingly not that big of a deal. Um, and if you're taking an instructional class, they're pretty much a must. I think everybody in my class that I took at Ann Arbor Arms back in August, everybody ran um, one of those two. Either the Howard Lights or uh, the Walker's Razors. I think the instructor, and actually me, one other guy ran, I can't remember what they're called. They're electronic. They're little earbuds that go in. They work much the same way. Um, so I have two pairs, actually, of the Razors. Um, one that I keep in my range bag, but then... The other pair, um, I purchased the hardware to mount to a hard-headed veteran's uh, bump helmet. Um, and that's that was part of what I spent the rest of the, my play money, quote-unquote, from uh, President Trump during the lockdown and the relief package and everything, um, was on a bump helmet. Bump helmet meaning it's not ballistic rated. So if I were to fall or bounce my head off of a table or something or um, somebody you know, hit me in the head with a, over the top of the head, like a baseball bat or something, it's going to protect my dome. If somebody shot me in the head, it's not going to. So, um, I don't know. I mean, and even then there's not, again, there's not guarantees in a lot of this and even the best ballistic helmets on the market right now. Um, it's limited in what they can stop unless you slap like a big old thick piece of metal on the front, which some companies have started marketing. Um, I think it's a little bit ridiculous with all that weight up there, let alone if you're going to start running nods, um, in addition to any of that, it just, it gets out of hand. Um, and I can't afford nods anyway. So anyways, I went, I got a bump helmet, um, and I attached the, you, I kind of had to cannibalize the, the walkers. I had to cut up the, the cloth cover, the cushion, uh, that goes over the top of your head and pull that apart. So you could just get the, the earmuffs themselves and mount them onto the helmet. The reason being for this now is I can run um, the the trucker mic that I got that runs into my radio has a female port, an output port on the side of it. And I have a male-to-male cord that I want to say it's like a one-foot 
or might be like a 16 inch cord. I don't know. Um, that runs out of the trucker mic and up into the female port on my Walker's razors. So what this means is I can hear radio communications through my ear pro that other people can't hear. So, um, it's good if you're not, if you're trying not to give away your position, um, you don't want other people to know what's going on in the radio. Usually only can hear it. Now, um, a lot of people say, well, you're running a trucker mic. You don't have the mouthpiece. Like, well, you know what, but the mouthpiece wouldn't really help in this situation anyways. Um, so the only advantage you really have is, um, you have to make sure you talk into the PTT. I don't know. Um, even running, um, the antenna mouthpiece or whatever that, that runs down in front of your mouth. Um, the only advantage there, you still have to push the PTT button. You just don't have to move your head to talk. Um, so, slight advantage with that with something like Sordens. Um, I found that this is to be an acceptable, um, I'll call it budget alternative this way, kind of um, the poor man setup. You know, you're looking at like 25 bucks for the Beofang or 25 bucks for the trucker mic. Eight, uh, I think it was eight bucks for that eight to 16 inch, whatever, um, male to male audio cable. And then finally like 15 bucks for the extended battery. Um, another 15 bucks for the extended antenna for the radio. So uh, around a hundred dollars for basically your budget comm setup, 150. If you include the cost of your ear pro, which again, you don't have to run the ear pro on the helmet. You can run the ear pro over the top of a baseball cap with like a, um, a neck gator or something. I see you see that a lot too perfectly fine. I think it's a great way to run, um, to run comms effectively in a manner that wouldn't necessarily give away your position by having communications come out over the air. I mean, also something else to consider is, um, you know, if you want to get your ham radios license, you can actually practice communications and you should be practicing communications, uh, so that in the event that you need to use your radio, um, you have access to that. Um, you know, which I did in June of this year, I passed my technician's exam class. So, uh, I'm a certified operator. Um, K E eight S K A is my call sign. Uh, if anybody wants to try and get a hold of me, um, that'd be cool. You know, we can try and uh, get together and, and chat a little bit. Um, but that's something else I did, you know, and, and then in terms, you know, really of support gear, um, it sounds a little bit dumb, but having a good pair of gloves, um, I run pig gloves I get from, uh, I think I got two pairs. I got them from SKD tech. Um, they're not the most durable out there, but they're super comfortable. Um, they do a pretty decent job with heat resistance. So I do, uh, I do find those pretty comfortable. I rocked those during my, uh, carbine class. Um, and, and again, this sounds lame too, but it's, it's something I think a lot of people overlook is a good, good footwear, man. Um, daily, I, I rock the Altamas. They're kind of like Converse All-Stars. I got a pair of low tops and a pair of high tops, um, except that they have like a, uh, I guess it's a drainage port at the point where if you were to like bend on your toes, like when you're squatting down, um, it's like a stress relief point that's also built in for drainage. So if you were to submerge your foot in water, you're not going to get a bunch of water like stuck in your shoe. It's going to drain out the sides. And then the insole on the inside is like hard, not super hard, but like hard rubber or hard foam. So it doesn't absorb any water. So like your sock might get wet, but that's it. You're not going to like get that spongy, like new bunch of water every time you take a step. Um, which those were apparently designed in thinking of like the seal teams. Cause those guys will apparently pack away. They'll wear converses cause they're light. You can like fold them up and shove them in a pouch and shit. Um, so I, I like the Altamas are coming out with new patterns and colors and stuff all the time. Um, Solomon's are really popular right now too. Um, Solomon's are Merrill's, uh, Solomon's are kind of like quickly becoming like the gun guy footwear. Um, so if you're trying to go like super gray man with this stuff, um, now to be careful with the Solomon's. Um, but I mean, I have a pair of them. I really like them. I think they're extremely comfortable. Once you break them in, they really, really hug your foot. Um, which I find to be great when you're out just you know, uneven terrain and stuff. And I haven't done a ton of hiking in them or anything. They're still in pretty good shape. Uh, the Altamas are like my daily driver, but you really want to make sure you have good footwear that's tailored towards what you're doing. So whether it's boots, hiking shoes, a good solid pair of like vans or sneakers, um, and make sure it's something with arch support. You know, if you got to spend your, your, your day out on your feet, um, speaking from experience where I spent 
a 14 hour day out in nothing but skate shoes. And this was just on a flat gymnasium floor. And then my arches hurt so bad that I could hardly walk up the stairs of my parents' house. Um, good footwear is, is paramount. So make sure you're, you're addressing that need adequately. Um, and whether that's like you got an extra pair of shoes for bugging out or, I mean, realistically just have good footwear. Like don't, if you wear them every day, they probably shouldn't last you more than a year or two and then get rid of those things and throw something new on. Um, you know, just take care of your feet, man. Feet problems suck. You know, I have a father who's who dealt with them his entire life. It, they're, it's shitty, you know? So, um, I think that's kind of it. If you're talking about like main gear, um, I, I do, uh, I did recently actually, uh, now I'm thinking about it, get into a chest rig. I did get another one of the Spiritus micro, uh, micro flight rigs with their, uh, fat straps harness and a back strap. Um, and that's really cool because, uh, I was able to use that not to carry ammunition, but to carry like water and snacks and a radio and stuff when I was in Northern Michigan, helping Ryan do scouting for deer season. Um, and we were kind of talking about earlier, you know, buying cheap steel plates and a crappy carrier, you can get into a decent chest rig for a lot less than you can get into plates in a carrier. Realistically, about 500 bucks is the minimum you should be paying for a decent carrier and some decent plates. You can get a decent chest rig for about 150, maybe a little bit less. If you find a good sale or somebody sells one to you like secondhand. Um, and you're going to be faster with the chest rig speed is security. So, um, my first chest rig, I think was, it was just like one of those Molly placards that had some pouches attached to it that, uh, that Sam gave me, you know, secondhand, he was getting rid of some stuff. I never had a chest rig. So I rocked that one for our trip, uh, in March. Mm, yeah. March or April this year. Um, I rocked that one and, th- and it, it was fine. It was good. It was a little bit, um, unwieldy to kind of like get on just from the access points and stuff. So that was something I, I decided for myself, for like my birthday, I would get my, I would get was, uh, the spiritus chassis and the, the shoulder straps and stuff. And actually, I don't think I got it for myself. I believe my wife got me that as a uh, birthday gift, which was super badass. And I think I just had to wait like a week or two for the, um, the fat straps to come in and the back strap before I was like ready to like rock and roll with it. But, um, you know, chest rigs are great. Um, you can, I run a dangler on mine too. So, um, you know, if you, or I'm going to, that's my plan is to buy one anyway. Um, you can run a dangler for medical. Then you have the full flaps you can keep. Like right now I keep, um, my compass goes in my, in there. I got markers in there. I got a mini map protractor in there. I have my maps folded up in that little tiny pocket. And then I also have like a little tiny bag of like the MRE chocolate chip cookies because, snacks. And if you can't have snacks in there, then that's not a life I want to live. Um, cause I get hungry all the time. Uh, you can ask Ryan, we were walking around scouting for like a good four, four or five hours. And I was like eating fruit bars and like granola and stuff. Like I'm, I'm definitely a fat kid for sure. <laughs> um, so I, that was probably the one instance where I didn't spend a ton of money on crap that I didn't need. And then had to spend more money upgrading. Um, cause I kind of tried out something that was actually pretty decent and just decided, Hey, I'm going to go spend the money on what I want for this chest rig. And it was great, man. I had an awesome experience, uh, through the woods with that spiritus rig. It was great. Um, you know, so, um, in terms of other support gear, if you, you know, I started off with, uh, thing about slings here. I started off with a Vickers sling from blue force gear. Um, actually, no, it's a lie before that I had a single point bungee sling that came with, the, uh, not the end, I think it's an end plate or buffer plate, whatever that goes on an AR 15. Um, so it's like an HK clasp hook. Um, and it was a single point sling. And I thought when I got like Sam, um, the first time we hung out, we're talking guns. He helped me and my brother switch ours out. We took off the buffer tubes and the castle nuts and we put those on there. I mean, dude, I thought I was so fucking badass because I was rocking a, a semi elastic single point sling on my very brand new, um, M and P sport too. I thought that thing was so badass. And I quickly kind of found out that it wasn't. So I upgraded from that, I think for a birthday or sweetest day or something. Um, Lexi got me, uh, the, the blue force gear Vickers sling, which, which is, is good. I didn't get the padded one. Um, I just didn't like that. It was kind of, you had to fight it a little bit to, to adjust it, to loosen it or tighten it. And I really didn't enjoy that about it. And maybe that's something that comes with breaking it in. I don't, I don't really know. So I, I rocked that guy for a little bit. 
Um, and then I upgraded to the Feral Concepts Slingster. And that's now what I run on all of my guns. Um, I love the Slingster. Uh, Feral Concepts, you know, the Slickster is great. The Slingster is great. They do awesome work. Um, you know, I, I, I bought my dad the T-Rex Arm Sling, also another good one. Honestly, I think that if I have to buy more slings in the future, I might switch over to the T-Rex sling just because rather than putting a bunch of extra hardware on there, they're able to use like tri flies and a loop of fabric to manipulate that sling. Um, and, and your sling is, it's like your holster, right? It, it's the equivalent of a holster for a long gun. Um, just like we were talking about, you know, friends don't let friends buy shitty nylon holsters. Friends should not let friends rock shitty slings, um, shitty one-point slings or three-point slings that are just not going to be beneficial to them. They can't loosen or tighten, you know. Don't let your friend go buy from the local Dunhams, the local Dick's Sporting Goods or whatever, you know, um, a non-adjustable rifle sling that's going to be good for their daddy's bolt gun, but not good for an AR-15. If you can't at least to some extent tighten that rifle down so you can throw it on your back, keep it tight to your body while you're doing stuff with it, um, climb with it on, whatever you have to do, that sling's a liability. It's just hanging out there to get caught on something. And um, I think it was a Ronin Tactics uh, uh, video where Two Lamb was talking about um, ranger bands. Guys keep ranger bands um, around their buttstocks, and it's to retain the sling um, when it's in the stored position, because those big, loose, floppy slings guys used to try and bail out of vehicles and they'd get into an ambush or something. They'd get it caught on something and they'd have to go back to try and untangle it because you can't fight if you don't have your weapon and got, dudes get killed. Um, so, I mean, and again, not my experience, but enough, the, you know, Travis Haley, same, same story, same information. Will Petty from Centrifuge, um, who specializes in vehicle CQB. This guy's all saying the same, sh- or so all saying the same shit. So there's got to be some truth and some merit to it. And I, I took that to heart. Not that I really, you know, in the suburban area that I'm in, not that I really rock an AR, in my, an AR-15 in my vehicle, my, my Jeep uh, very often, but um, in the event that I need to, I want to make sure that I'm set up and I'm aware of how to manipulate that, uh, that support structure um, adequately. So some food for thought there. Um, you know, hell, you could just buy somebody a bag of Ranger Bands. Those things are great up until like yesterday. I used those for my slings. I used them to help retain um, cables for my pressure pads and my weapon lights. Um, the the pressure pads themselves, my weapon lights, uh, all kinds of stuff. Ranger Bands, they're just, they're basically really thick rubber bands. It's kind of like you took uh, a bike tire inner tube and just chopped it up into a bunch. So you got like, you know, two dozen of those things. They're They're super tough and they're super great. Um, that's like another, another, just like a little thing that you could have to like, you know, you can help it, um, use it to attach your tourniquets to gear. Um, you can put them around the grip of your Glock. If you're just looking for something a little bit more, more grippy or on the grip of your AR-15, um, you know, just Ranger bands are great. One of those things I, I always have a bunch of them around. I do all kinds of stupid, goofy shit with it. So, um, past that, we start getting into rifles and optics. And I think, um, I talked, I talked at length about that um a couple weeks ago when we talked about the importance of buying quality um you know buy buy quality mounts buy quality optics um look at the reviews but honestly if you're concerned about it even remotely uh the rule of thumb is just don't don't buy it from amazon you know unless you're buying like an optic and you know what you're getting and you can verify that you're buying specific like direct from vortex or direct from hollow sun or whatever i mean whatever company it could be through eotech you know trigicon whoever on amazon um you take the risk of a buying a knockoff but um b it's just not going to be the gear that you want you know amazon has a fairly anti-two-way stance which is why you can get optics and stuff but you can't get magazines you can't get um you know a lot of grips and stuff you can't get a lot of backup sites you can't get a lot of different things um and even the ones even if they may let you sell it on there um they have a pretty nasty habit of locking down companies from selling on there if that's their primary uh, line of business, you know, you can't, you can't work with Amazon. So, um, don't, and I'm not just saying this because I, you know, we partner with SlimFit. SlimFit makes great holsters. Don't buy an Amazon holster. Nine times out of 10, the companies that are selling on there, it, it's junk. Um, you can find Safari lands on there, which is obviously, a, uh, 
uh, an exception to that rule. I think you can find Bravo Concealment, which I think is a decent company. Um, I think they sell some stuff on there. You might be able to still find Tier One, uh, but I'm not. I'm not positive on that. Past that. Uh, I've bought holsters off Amazon before. I'm not ashamed to say it. Uh, I have tried buying holsters off Amazon to see if I was finding some kind of diamond in the rough. And really, truly, it was just not a good experience. Um, I did get lucky with one mag carrier. um, And then I found out that it's the same design and technology that makes it adjustable um, that other companies use. I just hadn't had one like that before. SlimFit uses it where you can tighten a screw on the side and it pushes a tongue on the inside of the mag pouch that, that increases or decreases your retention. So, um, Amazon really just not the place for gun parts. You know, I mean, maybe like I said, maybe some optics. Um, I think I was able to find Ameriglow sites through there for my 43 X. So, I mean, some stuff you can get on there, but I would caution you. And I would, I would suggest going through like a, an actual retailer, you know, for stuff like that. Um, I learned the hard way with some of these things. Uh, I have definitely, as I've gotten older and gotten more experienced, uh, I would definitely say that it's worth it to save the money and get what you want. I mean, there's a reason why you're attracted to one thing over another. Don't settle on that, on something lesser, because if you're anything like me, it's just going to bother you that it's not that, um, you know, I mean, and there's sometimes you can get away with it. Like for instance, I'm looking at buying my first suppressor and I had my, I for sure had my heart set on a surefire. Well, you know, after looking at some of the stuff on the Sandman, I'm pretty much sure I'm, I'm pretty set on the, the Sandman S. It's about 300 bucks cheaper. It's a little more available. I still like, uh, their muzzle devices and everything. Um, and I actually kind of like that. It's not what every other guy has. So, um, that's just one example, but you know, if you really want the T-Rex arms med one pouch, for instance, don't go to, you know, um, Potac or whatever company that sells on Amazon, um, basically Chinese knockoff. Don't go buy that and expect to have the quality and, uh, you know, go show your friends and they say, Oh, is that the T-Rex arms pouch? You're like, well, it's kind of like the T-Rex arms pouch and you kind of get shit on for buying a, a Chinese ripoff. Just, just spend the money, man. I mean, Again, we already talked about it in the buying quality episode and we'll continue to harp on this because it is such like a fundamental flaw in the community. People just, they don't buy quality the first time. So, um, you know, that's the gear I run. We kind of just a nice loadout, nice rundown of what I run. Um, I do run a uh, Safari Land 6354DO, which is a um, uh, optics accepting holster. It's got a hood on it. That covers my Trigicon RMR on my Glock 19. Um, but past that, I think we hit on almost all of my kit and what I um, what I rock on the daily. So, um, in terms of getting into like my firearms packages, uh, I think we're going to do a separate episode on that coming up. So I don't want to get too far into that. Um, and, or you can just you can check out our Instagram, um, prepared underscore mindset underscore pod on Instagram or the prepared mindset podcast on uh, Facebook. You know, it's always good to go check us out on the other platforms. Give us a little bit of love. Um, and, and to end today, um, not necessarily last, but least or anything like that. It's, um, I didn't want to make sure that I mentioned it on today's podcast though. Uh, today is November 11th, 2001. Today's veterans day. And I think that it's very important that we take the time to appreciate and thank those that we know, those that we don't know. Uh, who have served uh, our country, who have uh, dedicated their life in at least some capacity to serving our great nation. And it is a great nation. And we're all fortunate to live here and be protected by the rights that we all have. Um, I know there's a lot going on in politics and a lot of people that would have you believe that you should be ashamed of living here. And it's bullshit. And the people that put those uniforms on that fight for this country, that make sure that this country is able to maintain the level of freedom it has, we all owe every one of them a a very sincere debt of gratitude. Whether that was somebody who was, you know, uh, you drove a forklift loading C-130s or you're somebody, you were, you know, a ranger, you were an infantryman and you were whatever. Veterans are veterans. They deserve our respect. They deserve our thanks and our gratitude. And I sincerely hope that as time goes on, we start to focus more on those heroes we have at home that are fighting those battles that we may not see, you know, after their service is is done and gone. Uh, and, And we're able to care for them in a way that 
is, is reflective of what they gave for this country. Um, me personally, I'm, I, I, I get very upset when I see uh, people talking about why we need to provide more for illegal immigrants. Mind you, I come from a family that is a Mexican family that did immigrate legally from Mexico, that spent generation, that spent a couple generations picking beans and vegetables to eventually moving up and owning restaurants and, and being very successful. Um, so I say that not because uh, I'm some kind of racist or bigot, but because my family did it the right way which I don't think anybody has a problem with. You want to immigrate and you want to be a part of this country and you want to make this country even better, then fuck yeah, we want to have you here. But these people that are talking about giving $450,000 to every illegal immigrant that crosses the border purely because whatever, no, no, I can't condone that. Not when we have veterans that are suffering, veterans that can't get medical benefits that they deserve and have earned through sacrifice and and life-changing, life-altering experiences. Um, so, so to all of our veterans, thank you for your service. We here at the prepared mindset greatly appreciate everything that you have done. And I believe that the second amendment community, which we love so dearly would not be where it's at without the sacrifices, uh, the information, the, uh, without, without our veterans, people that have gone to hell and back and brought that information back to teach others, to ensure that whatever they endured, others may not have to. Thank you. Thank you for your service. With that in mind, guys, uh, you know, make sure you reach out to your friends that are that are veterans that have served, their families, if maybe they didn't make it home, and check in with them. Maybe you have some friends that they may be struggling, right? Um, reach out, touch base, and make sure everything's good. Thanks for taking the time to listen this week. Uh, again, I, I sure appreciate it, and I hope you guys uh, enjoyed, you know, hearing about some kit, talking about uh, some of the some of the supporting gear, uh, why I, I run what I run, and um, you know kind of how I got there. So I enjoy talking about it as things uh, kind of develop and change over time. Um, we'll probably talk about it again. Just something that I enjoy going through. Until next week, though, guys, get out there, train hard, work smarter, and as always, be prepared.